Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Behold podcast. I just wanted to give you a quick little note that this episode was originally only made as a YouTube video, and it can be found in its entirety here, as well as its entirety with the video on our YouTube channel, which can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a part of our Behold community, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Behold, a series for women longing to live a life worthy of the call they have received. I'm Christy Horsch, and this is Episode 8. Hello everyone, welcome back for Episode 8. I'm so glad that you're here. Last week, we talked about dreams and our vocation, and we discovered that our primary vocation is love. And love has two parts to it. We talked about how we need to love, but we also talked about how we need to be loved ourselves. And so in love, there is the giving and there's also the receiving. And many of us are really great at giving. We're really great of, of giving our love, but we're not so great at receiving. And so we talked about how we need to start working on loving ourselves so that we can build up the muscles that will let others love us. And then when we do that and we actually love ourselves well and we receive the love that God has for us well, we're able to love others even better. Okay. And so with this in mind, with thinking of our vocation, our primary vocation being love, we began to talk about our dreams and we can kind of start to think as you're doing this mind work that, that maybe there are some dreams as we begin to love ourselves, we kind of start to give ourselves permission to dream. But while this is very exciting, there are some things that have been standing in our way. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And this can be kind of a difficult topic, but we're going to, we're going to start with prayer so we can get through it together. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill our hearts, fill our souls, our minds. Help open us up to your presence. Please, Lord, shine a light upon the things you want us to shine a light upon. Shine that light upon the areas in our hearts that maybe need to be healed. Things that maybe not ordered according to your will. Show those things to us clearly. Not so that we can be hurt or discouraged, but so that we can see that you are longing to heal us. May you're offering us your love in a way that will heal us so completely. We ask you to place your dreams in our hearts to help us to recognize those dreams and help us to follow them. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and we ask that all that we do may give glory to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so for Mother's Day this year, my kids gave me a book by Matthew Kelly, and it is called The Thing About Mothers. And it has a quote every day for moms. And I can tell you already that I'm going to have a lot of things for, me, for you from this book that I will be sharing with you. But the quote that I wanted to share with you today that had to do with our topic today, so it was very timely that I got that, um, was from, actually from Earl Nightingale. And he said... Never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. 
the time will pass away anyway. So basically what that's saying is if you dream or not, the time is going to pass. And so you might as well spend it following your dreams. But so many of us, as we've talked about, have been doing other things besides dreaming. And you might tell me, well, I just don't have time to dream. I don't have time for this. I have kids. I have a husband. I have a job. I have a home. I have doctor's appointments and bills and paperwork. And, you know, now you're telling me I need to take care of myself on top of all of this. How am I going to fit a dream in there? I would like to challenge you that there is time because there is time for everything that God calls us to. So if God is calling you to something, then there will be time for it and it will work. Now, sometimes we have to figure out how to make it work, but it will work. I'd like to challenge you that up until the, till this point, you probably haven't been feeling your feelings, especially if you stuck with me this long, what I say must be kind of resonating with you. And so if you're like me, you weren't fully feeling your feelings. And when we're not fully feeling our feelings, we get kind of numb. We don't feel as much pain, but we also don't feel as much joy. But we also become very afraid. We become very afraid of pain and discomfort. And we spend all of that time avoiding that pain and discomfort to our own detriment. So if you remember way back to episode four, we talked about feeling our feelings. We talked about the beach ball, ball metaphor and how we're trying to hold that beach ball underwater and how much harder that is than just letting that beach ball float. When we feel our feelings, we're letting that beach ball float. When we're avoiding our feelings and not feeling our feelings, we're shoving that beach ball underwater and it becomes much more of a struggle, okay? So previously I've mentioned the word buffering. I've said, oh, we, we buffer with different things. Well, I'm gonna get, this whole episode today is gonna be on buffering. And so I wanna start by kind of divine, defining it. Buffering is something that we do so that we don't have to feel or so that we can avoid our painful feelings. We don't want to feel it. So we do this thing instead. Okay. It's kind of how we put off our feelings. Um, with buffers, we buffer our big feelings so that we don't have to deal with them. And usually it gets to a point where that activity becomes very disordered. Okay. So all of the things that we're going to talk about today, none of them are inherently bad. The examples I'm going to give of these things that we're doing, none of these things are inherently evil or bad or wrong. It's when we start to hold them in the wrong place and they become disordered. And when they become disordered, we're not going to see the same fruit in our lives because we have this thing that we are using to, to help us avoid our feelings. So God, in his great plan for us, in our calling, in these dreams, he so badly wants us to have the freedom to live well and to follow these dreams and to live our calling in the best way possible. But these buffers are things that have gotten in the way and they keep us chained down. Now I'm going to give you a few examples of some common buffers. And some of these things are going to maybe elicit something in you like, you're going to tell me to give that up. That's not what I'm doing today. Today I'm just bringing awareness to things. So please don't. Don't get ahead of ourselves. I just want you to start to have that awareness as you're starting to become aware of your thoughts. I also want you to start becoming aware of where you are avoiding your feelings. Okay. So here's a few examples. Some of us for buffers use food. Some of us use alcohol or Netflix, maybe social media is a buffer, shopping, um, reading. 
or research. Sometimes we try to get so into the reading or research. I know it sounds like a good thing, but we do that and it gets to a point where it kind of almost paralyzes us because we can't move forward in the thing we're reading and researching because we always feel like we have to do more. Um, being busy can be a buffer. Just always being on the go, never stopping. Maybe your work can become a buffer if you are kind of a workaholic and you never want to deal with your feelings. You're just going to keep working more. There, I could go on and on and on. So basically it's anything that can be a good thing on its own, but we disorder it and it becomes a buffer because we're using it to avoid our feelings. So for example, maybe you really enjoy watching Netflix and you can watch an episode of your favorite show and you're just relaxing and having a good time. You're not really trying to avoid anything. But then a couple days later, you have had a really bad day. You don't want to deal with the feelings. Something came up with your family. You just, you don't want to. So you turn on that Netflix just to kind of veg out and you're not using it to relax and enjoy. You're using it to avoid those feelings instead. And then you end up watching until three in the morning. You don't get the sleep you need. And the next day starts out really poorly because you've only gotten a couple hours of sleep. That's when Netflix has become a buffer. Okay. So there are two questions that we have to ask ourselves to determine if something's a buffer. The first is, is there a negative consequence to doing this? So if I watch an episode of my favorite show on Netflix, is there going to be a consequence? Probably not. If I stay up till three in the morning watching Netflix for many, many hours, binging, um, binging a show and not getting enough sleep, is there going to be a negative consequence? Yes, there will be. I won't have enough sleep. I will be very tired the next day. And I won't feel, I won't feel well. So yes, that's a negative consequence. The second question you need to ask is, am I doing this to avoid my feelings? Or am I doing this because I feel I'm looking for comfort because I'm feeling uncomfortable? Okay. And if either of those questions is yes, if you're doing something because you're avoiding your feelings, or if you are doing it because, or if you're doing it and it has a negative consequence, it is more like more than likely that you are buffering in some way. So first of all, if you're if you've never thought of it that way before and you're realizing, oh, I, I do buffer a lot. I want you to have so much compassion for yourself and so much love for yourself because the world has taught us to buffer. Billions upon billions of dollars have been spent to convince you that you can buy happiness and they've been spent to convince you that you should always be feeling some level of pleasure. And if you're uncomfortable at all, they have the answer for that. And they are happy to take your money for you to feel better, feel better. So we just have to realize that that isn't true and that it's fake and it's bought and it's a billion dollar industry that is slamming into our brains every hour of the day. Okay. So have lots of compassion to yourself. Of course you buffer. You weren't taught to feel your feelings and now they've given you this quick and easy fix at comfort. Okay. So then we get into even more of this and we say, we realize that a lot of these companies who are advertising in our face about comfort are also designing their products so that we get the optimal dopamine hit from their products. So if you look at sugar, flour, um, social media, Netflix, all of these things are designed to keep you coming back and to keep you coming back quickly. Okay. So remember, we've talked about our brain many times, but especially in episode two, but our brains are designed 
to want to keep us safe and they want to keep us comfortable. And when we feel uncomfortable, our brain throws a big toddler tantrum and is trying to get us back into that comfort. And our brain remembers that when we eat that candy bar, we get a dopamine hit and that feels good. And we don't feel uncomfortable when we're eating that candy bar. But the problem is that dopamine will wear off and will crash. And that same uncomfortable situation is still going to be there. And we're going to continue the cycle. And unfortunately, our dopamine receptors get kind of dulled over time. So we have to eat two chocolate bars or three chocolate bars or five chocolate bars to try to get that same hit. And before we know it, we are buffering all the time. And that's what emotional eating is. Because we're eating our feelings rather than feeling our feelings. We are prolonging the pain. Rather than feeling the pain in the moment, feeling the discomfort in the moment, we are looking for that quick fix because our brain is so afraid that we're going to get eaten by a lion or something because we feel uncomfortable. Okay. All right. So today, as we talk about buffers, like I said, I want you to have a lot of patience and a lot of kindness for yourself because we crave comfort. We were made to have cravings, but what we forget sometimes is that the cravings we were made for are the cravings that God puts in our heart. And God didn't put cravings in our heart for ice cream or candy bars. He didn't put cravings in our heart for social media or um, being constantly busy to the point of being frenzied. He didn't put those. Those are not the desires he placed in our hearts. He put dreams in our hearts, good dreams that show his love for us and help us love ourselves and help us love others. Okay. So we have to first recognize that pain and discomfort are part of our lives. We are always going to have some kind of pain and discomfort. 50% of our, of our feelings are going to be negative and 50% are being going to be positive. And so when we get to a point where we can really feel our feelings, we can also get to a point where we don't have to be afraid of those negative feelings. Those feelings are just a vibration in your body and they're there for a really good purpose. We have these emotions because these emotions come from our thoughts. So when we're having a negative emotion, we know that we're thinking something that's leading to that negative emotion. So when we're thinking, so that emotion is kind of like a barometer that is showing us what our thoughts are doing. And sometimes we want to feel those negative feelings or we need to feel those negative feelings. And then we can let ourselves process through those thoughts. Which part of this thought is true? Which part of it's not true? Well, this thought is true and I want to sit with this. I want to think this out. I want to process it and gradually come back to the feelings of joy and comfort rather than just fight through pushing that beach ball underwater, okay? It takes time to process things. And sometimes it takes a lot of time and sometimes it takes a little time and that's okay, okay? We just have to recognize that we don't need to be afraid of our feelings. Our feelings are just a barometer of what we're thinking. And the good news is we can control our thoughts. We can work through our thoughts. We can determine what we want to think when. We just have to start recognizing them, okay? All right, so as we said, buffering is a way to avoid the pain until later. So when we're in a situation and we have a thought that causes us to feel pain, our action is to buffer to avoid that pain. And the problem with this is that our thoughts, as I said, need to be processed. And so when we don't process them, when we go to that buffering place instead, we begin, we leave that thought in the back of our minds. 
Now we might not even be consciously thinking of of it, but since we didn't process it, it's still sitting back there. It's sitting back there just running over and over and over again until we take care of it. So if we're buffering all the time, we probably have a lot of thoughts kind of in this unconscious spot in the back of our head, not being taken care of, not being resolved. And so when we finish um, binging Netflix or scrolling through social media or eating that chocolate cake, when we're done, we still have this icky feeling. And we're sitting here thinking, why do I still feel bad? It's because we haven't processed that. We're thinking, why do I feel bad? Is that about what happened yesterday? That, that doesn't even matter anymore. But we haven't processed those thoughts And so they're still in our head, they're still there. And because they're still there, that icky feeling is just not gonna go away. So see, we've prolonged our, our brain thinks that it's doing this great thing by buffering and getting us comfortable again, but really it's just prolonged our uncomfortableness, okay? We're going to have to deal with it at some point. Are we gonna deal with it now? Or are we gonna buffer now and deal with it later? It's just like our quote said, our dreams, and I can't remember the quote exactly, But our dreams are there and we can say, oh, that's going to take up too much time. But are we going to dedicate some time to it now? Or are we going to use this time to buffer and then dedicate time to it later? Okay. All right. So I would like to give you an example. Okay. I, um, sorry, I got, I lost my spot here. I would like to give you an example. Um, my big buffers, I'm going to just tell you what my big buffers are. First of all, my my big buffer, my biggest buffer was emotional eating. I also have use social media as a buffer and I shop as a buffer. I have a lot of buffers, but those are probably my big three. And so I'm going to give you a social media example. So you're in your, about a week into summer. We're all getting to summer. So maybe you can relate with, with the situation. So you're about a week into summer and it's raining outside and it's been raining outside for days. And everyone's getting a little bit stir crazy and the kids are kind of wild and loud and whiny. How would you handle this? Okay. Now this situation is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to have people yelling in your space for days and whining. It's, it's uncomfortable. So when we get to this point, what our brain wants to do is our brain either wants to fight or fly or freeze. And the fighting part comes out when we start kind of losing it. We start yelling at our kids and that's our fight. That's the, I'm uncomfortable. So I have to fight my way out of the situation. And we'll talk about more about that as we get into relationships, which will be in a few weeks. But another option that we have is sometimes we freeze. We just feel paralyzed by it and we do nothing. And when we do that, we'll actually get more into that a little bit too. Or we can fly. Okay. So we can fight, we can freeze, or we can fly. And when we fly, we're trying to avoid the situation altogether. We're trying to avoid those those um, big feelings, that uncomfortableness. And we usually fly since we can't run out of the house. We, Or maybe we can, and maybe that's what we do to avoid the uncomfortable feelings. But if you can't run out of the house, one of the things you might fly to is to social media. And you start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And like we said, None of these things are inherently bad. And that all of these things can be used in a good and positive way. It's when we use them to avoid our feelings or that they have a negative consequence, and usually it's both, that's when we, we determine their buffering. So let's put the, put the example into our tool. 
So the circumstance, remember that has to be neutral. And so right now it's raining outside. We could agree in a court, in the, a court of law that it's raining outside and that the kids are very active and the volume in the house is high. Those are all things that can be fairly measured. Um, active is a little subjective, but for our purposes, we'll, we'll use that. And we, can, we could measure the volume in the house and we could measure the decibel level, but you get the idea. We are trying to keep this as neutral as possible. So what is our thought? Well, your thought might be, I can't do this. I don't know what to do when they act like that. This is too hard. They shouldn't be acting like this. I'm a bad mom. Okay, those are some of the thoughts that might be jumping through your head in that situation. And so of course, from that place, from those, those really hard thoughts, you're going to have feelings like hopelessness, failure, maybe you feel downtrodden, overwhelmed, and these are uncomfortable feelings. So then our brain goes into that flight mode. And so rather than taking care of the situation, we start to scroll through our phones. We pick up our phone, we sit down, and we start scrolling. And suddenly 30 minutes have gone by and the kids are still being wild and crazy. They're trying to get our attention, but we're saying, no, we're busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And we're just scrolling through and 30 minutes have gone by, nothing has changed. We've just avoided that situation for 30 minutes. And then our result is that we just feel really disconnected. We feel disconnected from our kids. We continue to have the negative feelings because we didn't feel them in the first place. We did get our dopamine hit in the moment while we were scrolling, but now that's past. And we might even have higher, you know, with social anxiety, you might even have higher anxiety when you, or social media, you might even have higher anxiety when you get off because you've been seeing all these snapshots that look so perfect. And you're, it's telling your, and this is just a kind of a side note about social media, it's our brains compartmentalize things. They categorize things together really quickly. That's just part of the wonderfulness of our brain because it's very helpful for us that it does that. But when we are looking through social media, you might see 50 posts and they might be from 50 different people. And each one is a snapshot of a beautiful thing from each person's life. But our brain compiles that all together. So it sees it as one woman. And even though intellectually you know that's not true, you are seeing that as one woman who has these 50 amazing things going on for her. And that's not true. And so then we highlight, we go to ourselves and we highlight that and we say, you need to live up to this standard of this woman that doesn't even exist, okay? Because each woman in there is just showing you one little thing that she had done well, which is beautiful and we wanna celebrate and we wanna be part of people's lives and like in that way, but we have to recognize that our brain will say, all of these good things are coming from everyone but you. They're doing everything well you're doing nothing well. And that's a lie that our brain tells us, but that's one of the reasons we feel a lot of anxiety when we are scrolling on social media, okay? So as you can see, this was definitely a buffer. It had negative consequences. We're disconnected with our kids. We're feeling more anxious and we didn't deal with our feelings in the first place of being uncomfortable and taking care of it. So now let's go through the same thing again, but this time we're gonna change our thought. So our circumstance is the same. It's raining. The volume is high, high in the house and the kids are active. Now this time, we wanna stop and think of a thought that such as, I can do hard things. I'm a good mom. I can handle this. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me so I know exactly what to do. I want you to sit with those thoughts. Especially, I, I really love that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I know exactly what to do. That's a really big one for me. 
I, when I hear that and I tell myself that, I feel so much more confident and I feel so much more hopeful in the situation and what's happening and in my parenting skills. And then I feel more engaged. I feel engaged with my kids. And so then I'm able to engage with them. I'm able to say, hey, this is not what we do in the house. And let me help you find something else that you can do that'll be a better use of your time. Or maybe I decide to play a board game with them. Or maybe, you know, we put on a movie. It's a rainy day. Or maybe there needs to be a consequence. Maybe they really are breaking the house rules and there needs to be some consequences. But coming from those thoughts and coming from that feeling of confidence, I can just handle it and we can all move on. Okay. And so from there, my result even if I did do a confident, you know, even if I did have a consequence for the kids, my result is still going to be connection with them because I'm not sitting there scrolling through social media, ignoring them. I'm actually connected to them and I'm going to feel a lot more confident in my parenting because of that as well. Okay. And so then the next time this happens, my brain is going to have the evidence that, yeah, we can handle this. We don't need to buffer. It's uncomfortable for a few seconds and then it's fine. Okay. I'm just going to be proving to myself that it is better to experience this little bit of uncomfort now, discomfort now, than to feel the, the quick dopamine hit, spend 30 minutes scrolling, and then have to deal with it later, okay? Okay, so as you can see, changing our thoughts, as I've said many times before, can change everything. So as you're doing mindset work, this is really hard to do in the moment, because when you feel uncomfortable in the moment, your brain is just gonna be in that fight or fly mode, and so, one of the things you can do if you are doing mindset work daily, if you're going through this tool and picking out an item each day to kind of work on thoughts about, you can say, okay, I want to start thinking about my social media use, not stopping your social media use, just thinking about how am I using this in my life? Am I using this as a buffer? And then thinking about the times you did it the day before, if you're doing it in the morning or if you're doing it at night, how did it throughout the day today? Did I use social media? and write down the circumstance before you got on. Try to think of what you were feeling when you went on. Usually the feeling comes before we recognize the thought. But just remember, as we practice this, you're gonna start to be able to pick out your thoughts more easily. Right now, it's probably a lot easier to pick out your action and then to pick out your feeling and then to pick out your thought, okay? And don't get discouraged by that. It takes time because you you haven't been managing your brain for a long time. I know I, I wasn't managing my brain. It took me a while before I could jump to, oh, this is my thought. And it took me even, way longer to be able to in that flight or fi, fl, uh, fight or fly situation to be able to stop my thought and say, no, I'm not thinking that anymore. This is my new thought. If I hadn't done thought work about it already. Okay. A little bit. Easy, it would come to me a little bit easier if I had, if I had written it down already, because my brain was kind of looking for it then. Our brain's always looking for things. If we tell our brain to look for something, it's going to look for it. So if I write it down, my brain's already looking for it. And that's why I encourage you so much to write things down and do this tool written down, because then your brain is going to be looking for that situation and will jump in and remind you, oh wait, this is the situation you told me. You told me that when the kids are acting like this, I should think I'm a good mom. So that's what I'm gonna do today. And then from that place, you're just going to have a whole new experience. So just a few quick notes as you're getting into buffering, if you're as you're trying to recognize what your buffers are and why they're there, the thoughts and the feelings that are leading to those buffers. I'd like to, first of all, just three quick things. I think it was only three uh, quick, quick notes. We usually have more than one buffer 
okay? Like I told you that my top three are um, food and social media and shopping. And if you're ready to start tackling those buffers, if you have started to recognize, okay, I've got these buffers going, I'm going to start doing the mind work around them, I'm going to start letting them go, which I will do further work on on ways to do that. So don't feel like you need to jump into that alone. Um, but anyway, recognize that you probably only should tackle one buffer at a time. I've been working on the emotional eating buffer since the end of September. And that's the only buffer that I have tackled. And it is probably the only buffer I'm going to continue to tackle for a while because these things are ingrained so deeply in our brain. And now I have days where I feel like I might not be an emotional eater anymore. I'm getting to a point where I may not be an emotional eater and I'm coming to start to believe that this is not who I'm going to, that I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I was at a point previously where I believed that I was an emotional eater and that that was all I could be. I was always going to be an emotional eater. There's nothing I could do to change that. That was it. I don't believe that anymore. And I think that I'm on my way to being someone who doesn't struggle with food. And as someone who has struggled for food for decades, this is really exciting. This is a really exciting thing for me that maybe I don't have to be the person who struggles with food because I don't think I'm the person who struggles with food. And it took me a long time to get here. And there are still days that I have those thoughts. Those thoughts pop back in my head and I'm staring at something and my brain tells me, you're never going to be able to do this. You're never going to hit that goal weight. This is who you are. You're somebody who struggles with food. And I have to go back and I have to remind myself that, no, I'm working on being someone who doesn't struggle with food. I'm working on becoming who God wants me to be. And my, I can feel my feelings. Okay. I, I am okay when I feel my feelings. They're just a vibration. They're not going to kill me. I'm going to be okay. And I keep going from there. But as you can imagine, that, that can be kind of a, a difficult process to go through at times, especially when these things are so ingrained. So that's why we only tackle one at a time. And as you're tackling that one, if you have several buffers like I did, you might notice in the beginning an increase in buffering in another area. So in the beginning, I wasn't eating as much food or as much emotional eating. You know, I wasn't doing the emotional eating. And so instead, I was zoning out on social media. And so I have checked that. I, you know, I've checked that and kind of put it back in its place, but I have not tackled that buffer completely. Okay. I... Same with the shopping. I have not tackled that buffer completely. So this is just our brain continuing to search for comfort. And we've told it we're not going to take comfort in the emotional eating anymore. So now it's looking instead for comfort somewhere somewhere else. And I know you've probably all heard this, but Pope Benedict XVI, he, he told us, you're not made for comfort. You're made for greatness. And you need to remind yourself of that that you're here for greatness. I tell my kids that all the time. They get so mad at me, (laughs) but I tell them all the time that they're made for, they're made for more. They were made for more than just watching Netflix or playing game, you know, playing games on a phone or whatever. They're, they're made for so much more than that. And so are we, we were made for so much more. Okay. On a similar note, I just want to remind you again for our number two in my little notes about this, that buffers are very ingrained. 
And sometimes we do them without even thinking or we feel like we're not thinking. We are thinking, but it doesn't seem like we're thinking because it's so automatic and so fast. So we just grab the cookie and we don't even realize we're eating it until it's almost gone or until it is gone. Or we sit down for a second without even making a conscious decision to do it or seemingly conscious decision or just scrolling through. Or um, so basically we just need to have a lot of love and compassion for ourselves. And this means having a plan for when this happens. And so ahead of time, we write down the model, the going through that tool, the circumstance, thought, action, or thought, feeling, action, result. And so then we decide what we want to think, feel, and act in that moment. So we write down the circumstance. I ate half a cookie. Well, what did I feel when I ate that half a cookie? What was I thinking? What, what were my next actions? Did I just finish the cookie or did I put the cookie down? You know, what was the result of all of that? We just want to start stopping the buffers in their tracks. We just want to start recognizing. That's our biggest goal this week is to recognize where we're buffering, how we're buffering, what's leading us to the buffering, because then later on we can start tackling these buffers and start ridding them from our lives. Okay. And we're just going to love ourselves every step of the way. You just want to pour that love on yourself every single step of the way. Because buffering, while we sometimes think that's how we show ourselves love, like we could say, this has been a really rough day. I just need to scroll through Facebook for 20 minutes. But do you really need that? Is that really what you need? Because when you get off of there, are you feeling good? Are you feeling rested? Are you feeling cared for? Or are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling disconnected from your life? These are things to ask ourselves. Is this really something? Because it might be something that you're telling yourself, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this. This is my self-care. But is it really your self-care? Is it something that leaves you feeling energized? Is it something that leaves you feel rest? Um, is it something that leaves you feel well-rested and well-cared for and well-loved? Or is it something that leaves you feeling the opposite? Because if it's leaving you feeling the opposite, it's not self-care. It's buffering. And I know that that can be a hard thing to swallow. And I'm just being really blunt and really honest with you because I needed somebody to say that to me too. That that, that cookie that I was eating, even though I thought it was self-care, it was the only thing I could look forward to. It really wasn't. Because then afterwards... My body wouldn't feel well because of, you know, the sugar and the things that that was doing to me. I would gain weight, which would send me into a shame spiral. I had a negative consequence. I was using it as self-care, but there were negative consequences. It wasn't really self-care. It was buffering. Okay. So the third note about buffering. Many of you have probably tried to stop buffering before. You've probably been on a diet or said, oh, I'm giving up social media or anything else, any of these other buffers. Oftentimes through that, you are white knuckling it. You're trying to use your willpower to interrupt the pattern. That's what white knuckling is. Okay. So that's what a lot of diets do. That's what a lot of um, self-help stuff kind of tells you to do. So you have your circumstance. You have your thought, you have this feeling, and then you have the action. A lot of these things just tell you to interrupt the action, okay? Kids are being wild in the house. 
I have the thought that I'm a bad mom. They shouldn't be doing this. I'm a bad mom. I have this feeling of hopelessness. Usually I'd reach for the cookies. My diet is telling me that at that moment I shouldn't reach for the cookies. And so sometimes we can use our willpower and not reach for the cookies. Grab a carrot instead or go do something else instead. Okay. We break the cycle. We interrupt the pattern at the action. But this is white knuckling it because we're using up our willpower. Everybody only has so much willpower. And so in the morning, you might feel like, yeah, I can do this. And it's really easy to break that and to interrupt that cycle. But by evening, it feels impossible to interrupt that cycle. And instead, you're yelling at your kids or you're, you're eating the cookie or, you know, you're just not doing the things that you thought you'd be doing because you can't interrupt that cycle anymore because you haven't changed your thoughts. Okay. So you can overcome things by white knuckling it. I've lost weight before, okay? I've lost weight before and I've done it white knuckling, but it didn't last. And it didn't last because I ran out of willpower. I ran out of a reason why. Why should I keep living like this? I'm in so much pain. I'm in pain either way. I might as well have the little bit of dopamine hit. But by changing my thoughts, I'm not in pain. I've got that nice 50-50 healthy balance. I'm choosing my thoughts. So I'm choosing when I'm uncomfortable and when I'm okay, okay? I'm having that power. And then with that power, I am able to say no to the food when it comes my way because I don't need that buffer. I can feel my feelings. I can change my thoughts that have led me to want to buffer. And so I'm no longer white knuckling it. I'm no longer just hanging on by the skin of my teeth. I am consciously and intentionally choosing to let this buffer go. And I'm just going to tell you that for me with my weight loss, it has been unbelievable how much that has opened up for me. Now, I think you can do the same things no matter what you weigh, okay? You can have dreams and you can live your life this way. For me, it's been getting rid of that buffer. And by getting rid of that buffer and feeling my feelings, I have so much more time. I have time to do this for you when I never thought I'd have time for something like this. I have and part of that is because I have so much more space in my brain because my brain isn't searching for that dopamine hit from food anymore. It knows we're not going to give it, get it. We're going to get a little dopamine hit from our meals and from our healthy foods, but it's not going to be this huge spike in dopamine like you get when you eat a bowl of ice cream. It's going to be more of a gradual up and a gradual down. But because of that, food doesn't have to have power over me anymore. And maybe your buffer is something else. Maybe your buffer is alcohol or maybe your buffer is um, binging Netflix, whatever it may be. Right now, it is giving you a super spike in dopamine, okay? And instead, when we start to order things correctly, we get these nice little spikes and down. And it's more of a, it's more of a sustainable comfort, okay? I know that some of this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but changing our thoughts is going to allow you to make changes in your life without all the willpower power and white knuckling it. And it's going to give you freedom. It's going to give you a freedom that you never dreamed was possible for you. And I want that for you so much. So this week, I want you to spend a few minutes thinking about how you are buffering. And I know that this can be a really difficult exercise for some of you, and I will be praying for you. And if you do have any questions, please feel free to reach out for you. Because I know that for some of you, the idea of not buffering is terrifying. 
because I've been there. I know how scary it is. The idea of not eating sugar, uh, the idea of not drinking a glass of wine every night, the idea of not scrolling through Facebook or not binging Netflix, those things might leave you feel really panicked if you've been using them to avoid your feelings so long because you know that these feelings are going to come up. You know you're going to have a lot of feelings in the wake of this and you're really afraid to feel them. But I just want you to have so much love and compassion for yourself. And I want you to talk to yourself like you're a nine-year-old girl. I want you to say, oh, honey, of course you've been buffering. No one taught you how to feel your feelings. But I'm going to take care of you. And we're going to do this together. And then, with love and compassion, you're going to start getting really curious about what your buffers are and the thoughts that are leading you to use them. Okay? Overcoming buffers is an exercise in freedom. When you don't have to rely on a coping mechanism, you will have more space in your brain for the things that you want. When you have more space in your brain, you'll have more time to dream with God. When you have more time to dream with God, he will tell you what he wants you to do. And since you aren't constantly buffering, you're going to live a much more full and authentic life, which brings us back to our quote. Okay? We can dream now instead of waiting the time's gonna pass anyway <laughs> i should have written the quote down i'm sorry the time's gonna pass anyway we might as well take advantage of it now do we want to spend the next 10 years in a buffering fog or do we want to go out and live our dreams we have the time we just have to choose what we're going to do with it so being aware is the huge huge step okay I'm going to have a, just a little worksheet with some questions on it to help you gain a little bit of awareness. And we're just going to start with this place of curiosity. We're not going to try to eliminate these things from our lives immediately. We're just going to get really curious about them. We're going to decide which of these things are serving us and which are not serving us. Okay? Which are triggering us and which are not triggering us. And we're going to remind our brain that it's okay to be, comf it's okay to be uncomfortable. And you can do this. I know this is a this was a big episode. And I know that there is a lot more that we'll dive into with implementation. But, and like I said, please feel free to reach out to me. But by starting to do this, by recognizing where our buffers are, by looking at our lives in this way, by being so compassionate to ourselves, we're going to give ourselves the opportunity to dream again. And with that dream, we're going to start loving the life that we have. And with that, we will learn to live a life worthy of the call we have received. I'm Christy Horsch. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week.